Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Generation of Change. I'm Jalen. Melanie. <laughs> I'm Julia. I'm Naya. <laughs> I'm Nev. And today we have Nev with us who was at the Sunday protest. And so how have you guys been since we last talked? Okay. Uh, it's pretty good. I applied to a new job, so. Where at? Uh, Lugia's ice cream spot. Nice. How has quarantine been treating you guys since we're on like month four or five? <laughs> Um, I'm still working, so I feel like things haven't really changed besides, like, not being able to see people, like, each other. I feel like that's only thing different. You guys want to just jump right into it? Yeah. All right, I want to start off, though, because it's been, like, bothering me, but Jalen, like, you mentioned in your live that, like, um, I was one of the people who like stood by you guys when we did America Monday and I'm honored that you thought I did that but like it was just making me feel really guilty because I didn't like because I did participate but I don't know it's like it's just been bothering me for like the past week or so because like I want to be honest with you and everybody like if it were ever to come up again you know but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks for sharing, Ma. Yeah, um, thanks. <laughs> I just want to say that. Okay. Right, so our first topic is the recent events over the weekend. So over the weekend, from Friday through Sunday, there have been multiple events that have taken place in Rochester. And I know, Naya, you were there for Friday's events, if you want to take the realm on this one and talk about what happened that day. Uh, yeah, so I actually went with Melanie, and we went with um, a couple other people. <clears throat> so I'll let her say half. But um, we, so we went to, it was organized by um, Black Lives Matter, BLM of Rock, Rock, New York. So it's like a Black Lives Matter organization um, in Rochester. And so they had like the Rochester leaders, but there was also like different Black Lives Matter leaders, Black Lives Matter, oh my God, I can't talk, sorry. Black Lives Matter leaders from like South Carolina. One guy was from, one guy was from Virginia. So like a, a bunch of different people came um, and it was super organized. Like they had an agenda. Um, they like they uh, advertised that there will be like lawyers there for if like any, you know, anything happens because you know, with police investigate stuff happens, but so they were like, we have lawyers on site, um, but just, you know, make sure obviously stay cautious. They had a lot of people going around with masks, um, hand sanitizer, uh, gloves, drinks. Like they were like, make sure you stay hydrated, water, snacks. And then also Rochester General um, came, it was either General or Strong, but they set up like a medic station. So they had like first aid kits, masks, stuff like that. So super organized. Um, we got there. Um, it was in front of the Monroe County's election office building, um, and like the, the justice, uh, like the justice thing was down the street. So it was basically like, like a little, like a, like a kind of like a little hallway, like little street thing. So like it was like intersections on both sides, and then we just they just blocked off all that for us. Um, so when we got there. Um, we just started to chant first, like just saying stuff and, the, you know, everybody was just like mingling and stuff. And then the leaders came on and they were like, basically why we're here. 
Um, they like went through like the pillars of like what Black Lives Matter is, like the organization what it stands for, and just like make sure you guys support all Black lives, um, like all aspects of Black lives. That was like heavy emphasis. Um, they were like, it's not just Black Lives Matter, it's all Black Lives Matter. Um, and then we, so we separated and they did, they were like, cause the police were out next to the elections office. So they were like, okay, all the white people, like these are privileges. We did the eight minutes first. Huh? We did the eight minutes and 46 seconds first. Oh, we did that first? Yeah. And then we started moving up more. Okay. Yeah. So then, oh, so every hour we did, um, we did, we laid on the floor, um, kneel, sit or lay for eight hours, for eight hours, for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's how long that they um, kneeled on George Floyd's body, rest in peace. Or they kneeled on his neck. So we did that for eight uh, every hour. So they did at one. It started. It was one to four. Some people stayed after four, but we left at four. Um, but it was one, two, three, and I don't know if they did it at four because we left before four. But um, basically, they did it every hour. And so then after that, we they like separated white people in the like not the back, but like where the police are, and then black people more towards the other side of the street um just like they could use their bodies and then we chanted more they talked like the black lives matter leaders talked again and it was overall like it was a really good time it was real peaceful um the police had riot gear why i don't know there was no riot there but um they had riot gear and they told them like take a knee and some of the police officers were like smiling and like <laughs> like kicking and it was like what's funny but um, yeah, it was really peaceful, and it was a lot of day, a lot of police presence, but they never had to use it. So, Mel, did I forget anything you want to add? No, I think you pretty much said everything. Like, other than the fact that there was actually really big turnout with um, white people there, and I was actually really surprised. And like, people brought like their little kids too. I don't know if I bring my kid, like if I brought my little brother, but like. You know, that's dumb. Like, they're trying to teach their kids that. Like, a lady spoke out about that, too, yesterday at the protest. Like, she brought her 10-year-old daughter. But that's pretty much, yeah, I think you said everything. We're just sitting. Like, we didn't, we didn't march. We're yeah, sitting no marching. It was just that one block um, of the street that was available for us. Yeah. It was, like, advertised as a sit-in. Yeah. It was nice, though. I liked it. So, like, what was the feeling of you, like, the energy around just being around a bunch of people fighting for the same cause? What was that feeling like? That was my first protest I've ever been to, and I it was amazing. Like, I felt so empowered, and, like, when we were chanting um, all of their names, like, um, like, the organization, when, like, they say a name, and then we say it back, like, when they said Brianna Taylor's name, because it was her, it was her birthday that day. Like you can hear our voices echoing like throughout the whole street. Like I actually got like chills. Chills. I got chills. Yeah. But. Yeah, it was real powerful. We also um like everybody sang Happy Birthday. It was June fifth, so everyone sang Happy Birthday to Brianna Taylor, and the energy was like real crazy. Like it was just. Like everyone was so passionate and it was just a lot like a, so much black excellence i had a like it was just amazing i loved it yeah. um it was and it was real emotional too 
uh, one of the organizers. So, well, we said like people in Rochester who've been affected by police brutality. So we said India Cummings. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but she was a she's a Rochesterian, I guess they're, I think they were called, and she was um she was killed from police brutality. So we said her name, and then obviously like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Aubrey, and then they highlighted like don't let's not forget the women. So we get a lot of black women's name, and I when they read one of them, um one of the organizers, I started to cry. I think she was related to her, but it was just like real, like just the energy was just like like togetherness, brotherhood. Like it was just like you know on Twitter. You, you don't know these people, but like, you know, you're all like together, but it's not like the same thing unless you're watching a video. As like, if I, you know, if a bunch of people retweet this, it's like, okay, you don't get that feeling, but like there, cause like real people, like you just feel the togetherness. You feel like, like I just was like, we could get anything done. Like look how many people are yeah. here. It was just like a real You felt all the love there. And yeah. there was a lady walking around with this huge ass sage and she was just walking around the whole time saging everybody. It was beautiful. So I know on Saturday in the morning there was the Liberty Pole protest and then the MLK Memorial Park protest in March. Did any of you guys go to either of those? No, I have work. I know Brianna went to it and she said um, they talked a lot and then I think she left early though but she said it was just really peaceful pretty much. Yeah, and she said after they talked, it was supposed to be a vigil, but she left early, so I, she didn't tell because she was talking to me about about it. Um, but she, I don't think she went to the Liberty Pole one, or I don't know if she did, but I know she went to the MLK Park one. Because I was able to go to the MLK Park one, it was me, Evan Bala, and Jordan Klotz, and we started at the park and when we got we were a little late but when we got there there was a eighth grade girl named sasha she gave a poem about what it's like being in america as a black girl and it was like the whole crowd was just silent and people were crying and i believe it was the same organizers who organized a friday sit-in and they were just like no one should have to go talk about this in front of a crowd of people and this shouldn't still be happening and then they had they had um, black elders there talking about I shouldn't be I shouldn't still be in the streets marching for something I marched like 30 or 40 years ago and it's like I feel like that really opened people's eyes like people we have been fighting for this since the 1950s the 60s and people that were there back then are still here now and then they went on and talked about I believe like this Nayib said earlier like all black lives matter black trans black gays mm-hmm. incarcerated blacks all those black lives matter and then we had actually marched to the Liberty Pole and met up with the protesters there. And we did what um, Nayeb said they did on Friday where we did the eight minutes and 46 seconds for George Floyd. We said their names out loud. And like like you said earlier, the echoing from the city, it was dead silent after we screamed those names. And it was just like, it's how you, I got chills too. It was like, Evan and I were just like, whoa, like this is, something's happening. Change is, change is happening. And it just felt like we're really doing something to empower people and empower the community. And we mar- we ended up marching after that from Liberty Pole. We, had, we pretty much did a circle around the city. And I believe it was like seven or eight miles, but because of the energy and like what we felt, 
it didn't even feel like that. We were just kept, we were just chanting and marching the entire time, and it didn't even feel like, like my legs didn't get tired. It didn't feel like I lost like drive or focus. It was like I have, it was like I have a goal, and that goal is gonna get achieved no matter what. And that just felt like the energy of going. We went from Park Ave down to the city, back around, and people got out there like houses and joined us in the march and the protest. It was like just like a great feeling, just like to be a part of history, pretty much, mm-hmm. of just to experience that. And it, and if you guys go to the memorial for the Black Lives Lost at the park at the end, no, no, I wasn't able to. I didn't make it, but I knew the girls who organized it, so I was helping them out a little bit with it. And like the energy there was crazy because they had an African um, drum group. And even though it was a memorial, it was more like, I wouldn't say celebration, but it wasn't as dreary as you thought it would be. It was like more of like uplifting their, uh, not like remembering them, but like uplifting them, make sure they're not lost in vain and like stuff like that. And towards the end, it was just like nothing but positivity with the African um, drum group. They had people come up and dance. If you guys remember at Gates and the, the Ghana um, the Ghana drum group would come in for the band room and they would invite people down and like dance in the middle of the room. It was kind of like that, but like a bunch of people of just different colors and races and stuff like that. It's just like, it was a great thing to see and just be a part of. And I know Sunday, there was another protest at the MLK Park that I know, Nayeb, you spoke at, and I know, Nev, you were able to go to. So if you guys want to talk about that. Oh, no. You can go first, Nev. Oh, um, I, so I showed up there about uh, 2 o'clock. They have a bunch of people speaking. Nayeb was one of them. Um, there were, it was organized by two women from, I think, Hilton? Yeah, yeah. it was Hilton. Yep, um, it was uh, a girl and her cousin, and um, their father and uncle, he spoke, and that was really moving. He he took a lot of, he was very accountable, I think, and he was very much like, this is a problem that is ours to own, like, as white people, because we've failed you all. And he was like, as a white man, as a card-carrying member of the major demographic, that has caused this problem, it's it's my fault. And I have not done as much as I should have. And I thought it was enough to just teach my kids to not be that way, but it's not enough and I have to do more. And that was very moving. And uh, a younger girl spoke as well. A couple people, a couple younger high school students spoke about their experiences as um, mixed women in the school system, how they felt unwelcome from um, either race and how they were picked on, or if they went to a more predominantly white school, how they felt guilty for having a better education than some people who went to like the city schools. Um, And then there was a lot of talk also about um, defunding the police and uh, allocating those resources into the Rochester school system, which I think is something that we haven't been talking about enough, but it's a really majorly important and good idea. Uh, so after all of those speakers, we chanted the names, um, and we didn't we didn't make it through everyone. There's no way with the time that we had that we could have made it through everyone. It would have been hours and hours of chanting names. Um, and then we took it to the streets 
and that was incredible and moving. Cars were stopped, they were beeping at us, they were putting up fists of solidarity out of their car windows, and it was beautiful. There was a girl who was saging everyone, we were chanting down the streets, and it felt powerful, and you could hear the echoes hitting off the buildings, and it felt like there was electricity in the air, and we marched down to the public safety building, and we ended up sitting there, I mean, my boyfriend and his friend and I stayed for maybe three more hours almost outside of the public safety building. But when we left, there were still people there protesting and it was incredible. But a lot like Friday, I think that everyone was telling the police like, take a knee, drop your badge. And they were laughing at us. A couple police officers had their hands on their guns the entire time. Um, and that was pissing people off because at that point we had been all sitting down like passing around water bottles, making sure people had snacks if they needed them. Like we were not only being peaceful, we were literally sitting, passing around food and drink to make sure everyone was okay. And they still had their hands on their guns in their holsters. Um, they were in riot gear. That was frustrating a lot of people, I think, too. Um, and they at one point brought out the horses. There were snipers on all the buildings. They had drones flying out over the crowd. And we were just astonished because at no point whatsoever did we protest in any way other than overwhelmingly peaceful. Uh, but overall, it was such great energy. We kneeled for eight and a half minutes. We did that twice, eight minutes and 46 seconds, uh, twice at the police department at the public safety building. And everyone was dead silent and it was incredibly moving. So that's my take on what happened yesterday on Sunday. Um, I know the Black BLM rock. Um, they've done one every day since George Floyd died. So I'm, I think he died on, um, rest in peace, but I think he died on May 25th. It was the first day of protesting, I could be wrong. But BLM rock has done an event every day since May 25th. I don't know if they're doing one today, but um, Sunday they did, so I, me and I went with Melanie again to Sundays. Um, protest with um, Neve was there. I saw Evan Bala and Christina and like Jay Jamie Hogenkamp. They were there too. There's a lot of people from Gates there though. Um, and they did a event, BLM Rock did an event at the Liberty Pole from like 11 to 1. They did something in the morning. And so I know some people, we didn't we didn't go to it because we didn't know about it, but some people who were there at the, pro at the uh, protest we went to, they were telling us that, that there were people who were, came from there. Um, they were like, oh, I just came from the other event, and then um, the lady who was talking, who had the mic at the end of a at the public safety building, she's one of the leaders of the BLM Rock. So she, I don't know if she was there for the whole, or I, I saw she came um, like right before I went on to talk. I saw she came and was like talking to um, the two uh, girls who organized the protest because, um, like, we didn't know. We thought it was uh, we didn't know who was organizing it. Um, it wasn't advertised on the flyer or anything, but I, she came and like talked to them. And then um, she, at the march, after the marches ended, me and Mel left probably like 30 minutes into the protest because we had a ride, we didn't drive ourselves. Um, so after we got to the public safety building, we weren't there for too long. But I know she was like, um, like she, she was the one that was like saying the names and everybody be signing it. So I, they didn't do the um, the Sunday thing that like we went to, but. They came, they still like came and supported the girls who did it. Yeah, and then I don't know if he was part of the organization, but there was 
one main guy and he was talking for like the majority of the protests too um but he he was the one who's like leading us during the chants like those two girls from hilton like they were talking but like i i could tell like they wanted the mic to be for other people you know because they're white so like um but like well personally like well me and i we didn't know it was organized by two girls from hilton and they were talking about if we knew if we would still have gone or not because like when we first got there we're like oh there's a lot of white people here like there's hardly any black people here there's probably like like when we first got there like we got there at two as well but like there's probably like 10 black people there so we're like oh this isn't the turnout we thought it was gonna be but like it just felt like when they were talking like the two girls and like their family members like what they were saying like it wasn't really for the black community like it was more for the white community because like they listen better to um people who look like them other than like black people obviously mm-hmm. yeah so like the main guy who was talking he he mentioned that he was with like a group of 50 other people on saturday night i think he said mm-hmm. and they were marching and then the police were um shooting bullets at them and like i don't know if i don't know if they if they tear gassed them or not but he said that he got shot in the leg a few times and he got shot in the eye with the rubber bullets but they didn't put that on the news yeah and he was talking and i was it was very moving when he talked though Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. When we, yeah, when, I was there, when we first got there, it was black. More black people came towards the end, not towards the end, just like towards the middle. Because we got there like, right, like one fifty-five. Like you know, we were early, and that event I'm pretty sure started at two. So um, it was like just a, it was a lot of uh, white people at first, and but then like they more black people came, but. Um, and then how Mel said, we were talking like after the fact, we were like, would we have gone if we knew it was two girls from Hilton? And then I was like, I don't know if I still would have gone, but I'm glad I did. Um, just also, also because I talked, but also because I think that like what Neve said, like what the dad was saying, and there was also a mom who came and like she was, you could tell it was heartfelt because she started to like bawl. Like I was yeah. on the sidelines and she just bawled and like she came to hug me and I was like, yes. like but then someone else hugged her. But, like, she was really, like, falling. So, like, you could tell. And I feel like um, a lot of a lot of white people hear things better when it comes from white people. Like, if I say something, I feel like it's not as effective as if a white person tells them. Like, I feel like they're going to be like, oh, yeah. So I was actually, like, like, thinking about it. And I was like, I'm, like, I'm glad I went because I also, like, talked and stuff. But, like, I think that it was effective for the white people to see other white people and then so they can be like okay yeah I get it yes we need to change because if I feel like if they went to like if they went to like the Black Lives Rock the BLM of Rock they were like super like the event with me and my went on Friday they were super like we have to elevate black voices guys like come on now like you know they weren't they you know how it's like you know they like we have to put black people first this is affecting the black community you know black whatever whatever and so i think like some white people not not the young ones but like some of the older ones i feel like are not gonna be as receptive to that because they can be like we want to be you know why why are you guys putting us to the side you know because like, right. it's their first time going to the side so i feel like having white people say stuff it was like allowed them to like digest it so i think it was good that like i'm happy that i went and i saw that 
So one thing I forgot to bring up earlier was media presence. Because I know for Saturday, there was little to no news outlets, like News 10, nothing like that, to cover mm -hmm. the peaceful, the peace, how peaceful the protests were. And I know when I watched the news later that night, they were just like, it was peaceful. And then they went on to the next segment. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about the media presence at the events you went to on Friday and Sunday. Um, I at the two protests protests that we went to, I'm pretty sure like I only saw like one or two camera guys there. But like the majority of the time, they were always just on their phone, like not really recording anything. And like the pictures they took and like, they posted on Instagram, those pictures are ass. First of all, like it does nothing to like show what their protests like really looked like on um, Friday. But yeah, like um, like there's this one guy, like he's gone to every single event and he spoke yesterday too. And I just, he said that he like, he's traveled everywhere, but he was saying how like in Buffalo, Rochester and Syracuse, like we're super segregated. And he's been to like places like down in the South. But like, like he's like been carrying around like his huge ass camera, putting it in people's faces. But, like, the news should get, like, his content and not having, like, those old white men going out, taking those ugly-ass pictures. And I also think it was, like, at least Sunday was a lot of just, like, independent. Like, you could tell they're independent just because, like, they just had, like, a camera and they were just doing their thing. Um, and I didn't see, I don't think I saw any. I think there was one, like, big camera that, like, was on a stand. But I don't know where, the, I don't know if, I don't know where they were from. Um, but I think on Friday they had, just because it was like a BLM and it was like, you know, like an organization thing. I also think like the news didn't go to the Hilton, because there was no police presence at the Hilton one. There was like one police car, um, but there was not like at like the BLM rock event. There was a lot of, you know, police presence. And I just think it's because uh, like, you know, when they're looking, like when they're looking at like, oh, who's doing a protest? Because, you know, you have to get a permit and stuff. They're like, oh you know, like, just some girls from Hilton. So that's why I think that, like, they didn't send any news anywhere to Sunday. Um, but Friday, I think there was, like, a couple, like, there was, like, multiple camera, like, the big cameras that move. Um, but I don't, they didn't see any, like, logo on the side. Um, so I don't know if there was any news presence. But I know, like, at both events, a lot of, like, independent photographers, recorders, I don't know wh who they are, where they're from, but I know there's like a, just a lot of people going around recording and taking pictures, but they never said like where they're affiliated with. Yeah, like I honestly believe like they're just there for the action and like they don't really care if their protest is going to be peaceful or not because they're like, that's not what people want to see. Like the news are still showing the riots and stuff, but like that hasn't happened in over a week now. Like all the protests have been peaceful, like everywhere. Um, um, I unfortunately wasn't able to make it to any of the protests because my parents had me locked up in this house because of corona. But I tried to look up any media presence online to see if like local news outlets have put out anything. And I really didn't find much. A few days ago, I was watching the local news and they were showing um, peaceful protests happening during the week. And they did interview some protesters and that was nice. But they didn't really do much to show like what the protests really embodied like the experiences that you described that's so powerful and i feel like everybody should know about that and i don't think the news outlets care enough to be showing those things and that's why sometimes i think well the riots i guess were necessary there was no way that peaceful protests were going to get the national coverage that they 
did from the riots. So that's understandable. They own like most of them are only there for the action. The only thing I did find when I looked it up was that there were articles showing like upcoming protests, like warning the public, this is what you need to look out for instead of like there's one this Saturday where what time, like instead of showing what's happening at the protest, they're saying when to look out for them. And I think that's just the wrong angle. Uh, there were a couple on Sunday. It was really, really late into the protest though. It was probably around, I don't know, 3.30 or 4 p.m. Probably a couple different news um, stations or companies came by. I saw a spectrum camera uh, on a stand and I saw a couple other like big professional cameras being held around on shoulders but I didn't see what they were from. And I saw one guy who had a microphone and it said 13 Wham on one side and Fox and a couple other news outlets that I didn't catch. So the media was definitely there, but I think that they were expecting it to be something like more sensationalized and exciting. And while for people who care about the cause and the movement, it is very exciting to see peaceful, passionate protesting. I think for the media, it wasn't a riot, so they didn't really care. Mm -hmm. We yeah. weren't like tearing shit down and looting things, so they didn't really care because they couldn't frame it in that way. Yeah. Just another reason to support your local activist, Joshua McFadden, always say his name. All right, so the events that took place outside our community um, this has been nationwide so far, but in the video of the police officer in Buffalo oh my God. that pushed down the old man, see if I can pull it up here from the notes. Okay. I've seen that video everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, so many people have posted it. So if, if you guys haven't seen it, for pe those who are watching who haven't seen it, Police officer, this has happened in Buffalo and Niagara Square when they pushed down the old man and they just kept walking. And you see, as like the video continues, like they just say, like, leave it alone. And later on in the video, you see the only person that kneels down is a soldier. Like right here, the only one that kneels down to help him is actually a, like a US soldier from the National mm -hmm. Guard. Mm -hmm. And then they're more worried about people recording it from the news to show actually what happened. And then actually, they lied about it to the news and they said, cause I really love this headline, Buffalo police pushed an old man, but said he tripped because police lied. I thought the headline was hilarious. <laughs> but they said, they said in a statement here that he tripped. And I don't think they knew that people were recording and actually published yeah. it because they told the news, they told news outlets, news outlets that he tripped and that he got medical attention immediately. And then later on, they had to redact their statement after the video came out because they got caught. So I wanted to see yeah. what your guys, like Julia, give you a chance to speak on this. Was like, what do you think about this? I think it's disgusting. Like Nam said, a cab, a cab, a cab. And then after, so at first, the two police officers that were shown in the video pushing the old man to the ground, they were suspended. 
And then, of course, there was media outrage. Everybody was like, this is how it's supposed to be. So then eventually they were charged with second degree assault, I believe. Yeah. And then they were they were sent, they were tried on it as well. Um, but when they were charged, 75 officers decided to resign to support the men that were charged. A cab? Oh my gosh. A cab. Those that brotherhood, the code of blue, where they support each other and they wouldn't have ratted each other out. That is not how it should be. And then after, I think after they left court, there was like a crowd of people, like firefighters and their fellow police officers were cheering the men as they left the courtroom, like cheering for them. And then they had like sheets to cover any cameras so that people wouldn't record them, take pictures, whatever. Like they went to such great lengths to show that there's support for this these men that they shouldn't be charged. I just they need to do what they've been doing at Minneapolis like with the Buffalo Police Department. Like just take everything, everybody out, fire everybody and replace it with something new because seventy five people? That's not okay. I've actually um I've heard some conflicting statements about why the 75 resigned and i honestly i don't know which one's true but everything that i've heard reveals some issue so whichever it is it's a problem but they actually were interviewing a couple of the officers who resigned and first of all they didn't resign from the police force just from the um right. the unit that deals with like rioting and that that um sort of deal but I, one of them was like, we didn't resign because they were charged. We resigned because after they were charged, the city told the rest of the police force that if they got in trouble, they wouldn't cover their legal fees. And they're like, you're asking us to put ourselves out on the line, but you're not going to cover our legal fees. Okay, we quit. Um, so, I mean, whichever it is, it reveals corruption and bastardization. So, I stand by a cab, but... I don't know which it is because it's so hard to determine like what's actually going on with everybody, all of the police departments and the local government lying about it to cover things up. I'm not sure what's happening in truth. Mm -hmm. And I just think the most disgusting part of the video is like that they left him and like the one officer who tried to help him up and he's like, no, leave him. Like, why? I don't even understand. And then the, the mayor of Buffalo, I guess, or the city, I don't know if it was Buffalo or Niagara or whatever, but they were, he was basically like, because their job is, first of all, he was lying, 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 like, oh, he was picked up in a in, in couple seconds. Okay, no, it was not a couple seconds. Couple seconds is one, two, three. That was like tens of seconds he was lying there. And then he was like, he was picked up in a couple seconds. The, medic, the medics came. And basically, he was like, on, this is on like national news. I'm pretty sure he was on CNN. But he basically, or they showed it on CNN at least. But he basically said that um, that their job is not to like, hit, their job wasn't to pick him up. Their job is to not break the, the ranks and keep moving forward. No, that's some BS. First of all, like, that's just common sense to pick someone up who you pushed, who fell, and is bleeding, especially he's old. So that's BS that they have to keep the rank for it. I'm pretty sure if one person's picking him up, it's not gonna, the whole unit is not gonna fall apart. So I don't know, the Buffalo mayor was like trying to like cover it up. Oh, he was only, he fell for once, or he was only down for a couple seconds and they came and got him and they couldn't break ranks. Some of the medics had to come. 
It, you don't have to be a medic to pick somebody up off the floor. That was some BS. So I think that whole video was just disgusting. And then, yeah, we talked about how the 75 police officers resigned. And then a positive that took place, the DC mayor, Mayor Bowser, renamed the section of 16th Street in front of the White House, Black Lives Matter Plaza, and then painted Black Lives Matter across the span of two blocks. And I find this to be great because it comes where Trump put up a sign outside the White House saying resist. And then the next and then the next day this happened. And I find it like Trump has nothing to say now. I didn't know about that, that he put up a sign that said outside his house. Outside, I believe it was outside the White House. Oh my gosh. Oh, he is so ugly. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think about the changing the name of the thing. Um, it's great, like, yes, but who asked for it? Um, not anybody. Um, like, I'm happy they did it, but I just feel like that's not what we wanted. That's not what we asked for. We asked for change. We asked for, like, if you guys really want change, pass 8 Can't Wait, okay? There's, like, a thing going around 8 Can't Wait with all, it's, like, part of the Black Lives Matter, um, like, the national organization. It's like they have like a little subsection and I wrote it down, you know, so have information for the viewers. So basically it's to ban, these are, they want these eight policies because ban, um, chokeholds and strangleholds are universally used throughout all precincts in America. Like this is like a thing that we don't even know. Like that's how they're trained is to choke and strangle. So basically it's for every, you know, all precincts in America, police precincts to implement these eight things because it's like scientifically proven that implementing or scientifically backed up through studies um, that these eight things reduce, um, I don't know how accurate it is, but it reduces police brutality instances by 72% in the precincts. And some precincts in America have already implemented these eight things. So basically it's uh, banning chokeholds and strangleholds, requiring de-escalation, um, banning shooting, uh, like ban shooting at Oh, ban shooting at moving vehicles. Sorry, my hand is wet. Um, duty to intervene. You have to have a warning before you shoot somebody. So, like, you have to say, I'm about to shoot. Like, um, you have to exhaust all alternatives before shooting. You know, use your other weapons first. Don't just go for the gun. Uh, require use of force continuum and require comprehensive reporting. Um, so, no more turning off these body cams. Leave your bag on. Not that little fake band for solidarity. No, we know why that band is on your badge because you don't want people to see it. So yeah, so there's like eight things. It's, ha it's called hashtag eight can't wait. They have a website. Um, and it's like, that's what we want. We want laws, we want change. We don't need, like nobody asks for the street. Like I love the street and I'm like, yes, but like we didn't ask for that. Right, it's cute, but like ultimately it was like a nice gesture, but it's not what we need. We need mm -hmm. the change, we need action. That's not action, that's like a band-aid. It's just symbolic. It doesn't change anything besides, I don't know, put the smile on our face, I guess, for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, something that, so a lot of, there have been a lot of, not a lot, but a couple laws passed on the local level, such as like the Breonna Taylor law, which is a really good thing. It basically regulates the, um, it's like the no knock, the no knock rule or something like mm -hmm. that, but it regulates it so it doesn't include, um, drug crimes, which is what they knocked down Brianna Taylor's door for. 
which is what they thought was a drug crime. Um, but on the federal level, just this morning, actually, um, the chairwoman of the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, they just released their proposal for a new law called um, Justice in Policing, the Justice in Policing Act. And it doesn't cover all of the eight can't wait, but it does cover bans on um, chokeholds, bans on no-knock warrants, and then it also requires a national database of police misconduct. But then what it doesn't include is new police funding, which is really important because we want to defund the police. So it doesn't give the police money to activate these reforms, which is a really good thing. They just released a proposal this morning. And the problem is, of course, the Democrats are, are all for it, but we don't know if this will pass in the Senate, which is majority Republican. And then we still don't know if Donald Trump will even let this go past his desk which like the protest induced this law to become like to be like put through the house but this is where <coughs> it's important i don't know if this will be able to go come into fruition now but in a couple years after these people in congress their terms go up maybe we'll be able to vote and actually put people in office that'll actually listen to our demands and we'll actually put this law into act like i love this but i don't i don't know if it's going to be enforced like really relatively soon mm -hmm. like i feel like the plaza it's more it wasn't more like hey we're gonna step in the right direction it was like hey we'll give you this if you stop it's pretty much like hey we gave you this isn't it isn't it enough and it's like i don't think they realize like people are going to keep fighting until change actually happens and mm -hmm. gestures like this isn't going to like do anything because i feel like it's the same as like naming a street like martin luther king ab or something like that like it's not really doing anything you just named a street that people are going to not even look up at the sign at mm -hmm. yeah like i talked about that um in my speech at the protest on sunday like basically like this is not like a trend this is not a hashtag you know blacked out tuesday it's not a little instagram black square like that's not gonna do nothing like some people are just posting a black square okay i did my part like that's not your part <laughs> like that's not a part i don't know why you thought that was helping anyone like we need actual change we need actual policies like we need actual you know if you can't anybody can sign a petition if you can't donate sign a petition if you if you can't sign a petition you know, um, you watch a YouTube video. There's a lot of YouTube videos that you can don't skip the ads and all the money goes to Black Lives Matter. Like there's a lot of things you could do without money because I'm a broke house student too. Like, you know, I feel the struggle. Like you don't need money to help. I also feel like it's a big thing people misconstrue. They're like, oh, I would do this, but I don't have money or I'm saving up. It's like, if you just take the time to research, there's millions of other options you could mm -hmm. do like even just like donating your time to go march like even that would be enough and i don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people realize that mm -hmm. and yeah simple as just having a conversation with the people around you and just listening to the things they say their opinion their take on what's been going on and correcting any prejudice or bias you hear them come out with like it's just if you can do something as small as just talking to people mm -hmm. require money yeah black lives matter dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o super easy 
everything's there, resources to use, petitions to sign, places to donate to, no excuse, blacklivesmatter.carrd.co. Literally just for shits and giggles, I Googled how to be a good white ally and hundreds upon hundreds of pages of Google results came up with loads of links, with really good resources, really good ways that as like, even, even, even if you are a person of color, uh, BIPOC, and you just can't make it out to protests or can't afford to donate, like hundreds of great ideas for ways that you can make change on a local and community level, as well as on a larger scale, making phone calls, making sure that all police in your area are required to wear a body cam and show their badge number as part of their uniform, um, millions of things that never occurred to me but would be really important, I realize, in practice. It's that easy. And speaking of change, in Minneapolis, the city council voted to disband the police department in favor of a community-led public safety team. And I feel like this is just the start of things that are gonna happen to take place. So I know, Melanie, if you wanna take talk about this one for real quick, um, I really heard a little bit about that, but I know, like, I saw, like, um, people, like, they called it, they called it a rally. I don't know if you want to call it a rally, but, or, like, they're voting with each other to see, like, what changes they want to see in their community, and I saw that even, like, Buffalo, they were, um, since those officers resigned like the increase of like peaceful protests there have been because of that because there have been no like police like interaction with the protesters so like it's not the protesters who are instigating the violence like it's the officers and like officers like the police force was put into like action to police black people it wasn't to protect the community it was to police black people so like we don't need that anymore and we can protect ourselves Talk that shit, man. and i feel like people don't realize like you need to change things around in order to see results because people, I've always heard that people are like, oh, what is that going to do? That's not going to do anything. But it's like, how do you know unless we try it? And right. it was like at the protest on Saturday, they said, we're going to have to experiment and try things and see what works and see what doesn't. So I feel like this in favor of like, if we either like disband them or like say like they just stop for like a while, like a month or two and just see what happens if there's no police force then that shows you which direction you should take it. Because I believe in New York City, there was a time where the NYPD, they went on strike and they said, look how worse the city will be without us. And the crime rate dropped by 57% without the NYPD in like a city like New York, which I feel like people don't realize things need to change and you're mm -hmm. only gonna see results when you start to change. Right. Like that's why like in like the low income communities like they're most they mostly have gangs in those areas because they know that the police aren't gonna protect them. That's why they have the gangs there to protect the community, not the police officers. The gangs are protecting the community from the police officers when the police officers should be protecting the community. But they got it reversed. But it shouldn't be like that. 
I think a lot of people forget, like the Bloods and Crips, they weren't originally a gang. They were designed in order to police their own neighborhoods mm -hmm. and areas like in the South and on the West Coast. And I forget what they stand for. I could actually look it up right now. Because Bloods and Crips are actually an acronym. And yeah. uh, Crip stands for Community Revolution in Progress. And then Blood stands for Brotherly Love Overcomes Overrides. And I don't think a lot of people know that like gangs aren't started just to cause the violence. They're started because they're the ones that decide to step up and protect their communities because they know no one else will. Mm -hmm. On the note of like a community safety force, I, I feel like people don't realize because I didn't realize, but I learned this yesterday at the protest, only 6% of Rochester police are from Rochester. Did you know that? Only 6%? I didn't know that. Didn't know that. How, how can we expect them to care about a community they don't belong to? They're distancing themselves from it. So I, I feel like if, if not adopting a community-led safety force, at least, at bare minimum, it should be a requirement that you have to be from the city that you're joining the police force of. That right. only makes sense to me. Or like even loads in there for like an X amount of years. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't just be Minneapolis that is disbanded. There needs to be active investigations in every police department everywhere to see if they are open to reform because that's why Minneapolis is being disbanded. They can't, there's no point in trying to reform because they're beyond that. So there has to be active investigations in every single one to see if disbanding is needed. Yeah, the Minneapolis uh, department, so much, so much corruption. Oh my God, so much corruption. So I'm glad that they disbanded them. I didn't know, I heard of talks about they were gonna disband them, but I didn't know until I read your notes here, then I didn't know that they did, they actually went through with it. So I'm happy. Yeah. Fun school. Oh, you gonna say Melanie? I said, fun the police, fun schools. What'd you say? I said, defund the police, fund the schools. Period, fund infrastructure. And something on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. I had a hard time whether I wanted to put this in the memes port part of the memes. notes, but Terry Crews decided to tweet the other night. And I believe he tweeted more today. Again. <laughs> and it's like, I could even, I could even read his tweet with a straight face. And I was like going back and trying to read this article and I, I couldn't. And it's like, if I can pull I it up here. He meant well, but I don't think it came off the way he meant it for it to be. Does have anybody have the tweet up right now? He said that there's black supremacy. Yeah, I, can, I found it. Here it is. I'm going to bring it up on the screen. He said, defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. And then somebody quoted it saying, every time I think Terry Crews has done worse, he always does more. <laughs> and it was like, come on, like, dude. And like, I know he went back and said that, oh, what was it? He went back and said, I'm not saying there is um, black supremacy. 
But then I believe it was earlier today he went back on Twitter. He said, any black person who calls me a coon or an Uncle Tom for promoting equality is a black supremacist because they have to determine who's black and who is not. So it's like, he said it doesn't exist. Then he like the next day, 14 hours ago, he went back and said, yeah, it exists. <laughs> if you don't agree with me. And I thought, and I was like, dude, come, you, I feel like he, like he's in that group of black celebrities that goes to both sides like he's in the black community and he's in the white community so they're gonna listen to you like him will smith like will smith is using his platform but like him he has he has the ability they will listen to him and then he decides to go on social media and go on a rant up uh, go on a rant about this so i just wanted to see what your guys take on this is yeah uh i what's it called i think this is a perfect example of i know like later we're gonna talk about it but like there's celebrities who are well, okay, well not celebrities, people like the you know the people they don't we don't want celebrities to talk. Don't make a statement because what you're gonna say is just open your purse. Like we do not want a statement. Yeah. Just donate, okay? Just open your purse. Use your platform. Your no purse. statements unless you have you know something real to say. Like you're uh, Amanda Seals, uh, Angela Rye, someone who actually knows what you're talking about. First, like I don't think Terry Crews knows what supremacy means. To be a supremacist, you have to be in the majority of the population. Black people are 13% of the population. The math doesn't make sense. We can't, black people can never be the supremacy because we're never going to be the majority. So I don't know if he knows what supremacy even means, but I just think Terry Crews, like, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't. <laughs> donate. Just donate. We don't need, just donate. Even if like, even if it's just to shut people up, just donate and don't say anything <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> I feel like, um, and I don't really, I, I, I want to know what you guys think about this after I say it, but because I'm not really sure how to phrase it in a way that makes sense. But I feel like a lot of black celebrities are viewed as authorities and experts over black non-celebrities. So in that regard, I feel like they don't have, there are like levels of racism and oppression. And I feel like when you're a celebrity, regardless of your skin color, you lose like at least a couple layers of where you came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And definitely. I think that Terry Crews saying black supremacy and blah, 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 is forgetting that he doesn't face the same hardships as say somebody who's in an inner city low income community that's over policed and faces constant oppression and racism from the white community. He's in a place of, of power and authority. And I think he's kind of forgotten that not everybody is. Yeah. I see what you mean. I never, never really thought about it like that, but yeah, like he doesn't really like, yeah, he's black, but like he doesn't really understand what like what other black people are feeling because well, we don't really know. I don't know how he grew up, but it just sounds like he's ignorant from his tweets. Yeah, no, I think that Bay phrased it perfect. Sorry if I cut somebody off. No. Go ahead. Go ahead, you started. Oh, okay. Um, I think what Neve said was like, 
perfect like they lose where they come not like you lose where you come from but like yeah well like you forget because even like people like my cousins who like i have cousins who like grew up in the east side in like pittsburgh victor you know like super white schools and they're like the only black people and like sometimes i'm like they tell me things and i'm like you know that's like you know they're that's racist like you know that they're not on, like they're not on your side like they're definitely you know whatever whatever so like i think that like where you grow up is they're gonna affect the way you view things so like terry crew has been in white spaces for you know i don't know i've been watching him since i already hate chris so that was way in back in the day so i just feel like he's been just in white spaces so much like he doesn't he just forgot like not even forgot but like he just lost touch with like you know where he grew up like how it is so it, yeah don't i just don't talk just put oh in your purse don't talk basically just and I feel like you can see like the huge disconnect between somebody like him and somebody like J. Cole, like both huge like black celebrities. But you never see like you never see people talk about Terry Crews giving back to the community. And mm -hmm. like but you see J. Cole, he's out in North Carolina protesting. And when people are asking him for pictures, he's like, No, that's not what I came here for. I came here for the cause. And like you can just see like a huge disconnect of like people who forgot where they came from and the people who are constantly reminded of where they came from. And I feel like that plays a huge part in like using your platform as a celebrity and what you talk about. All right, next topic. Two dozen armed bystanders lined the ending of a Black Lives Matter protest in Northwest Indiana. Let's pull this up. This happened, I believe, June 7th. That's when the article was published. But there's a video. Well, that's an ad. <laughs> but there's a video that'll be here soon. And it was basically like they were armed with gut. Here it is. They were like just set and just with guns, like they wanted something to happen, so they had an excuse to shoot them. And I feel like people don't people don't talk about this as much as they talk about the riots and the looting, because like this is just as bad, of like just standing there like antagonizing people that are just doing nothing to you. And it's like it would like with loaded rifles and guns. And like the officers, they said nothing to them and they were just standing there. It's just a perfect example of white privilege. To have white people armed with their fingers on the trigger ready to shoot and the police are standing there doing nothing about it while peaceful black protesters are getting like tear gas in the face, shot in the face with rubber bullets, like white privilege at its finest. And they don't have masks on. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that. None of them did have masks on. And um, I saw, okay, first of all, if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter because, like, Twitter, I know everybody's like social media is at that, but Twitter will show you the real of the real. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's so don't many videos on Twitter news. that I'm like, this needs to be on the news. I'm not. Like, don't even watch the news. Just go on Twitter. It's how For you For real, like, yeah. <laughs> Like, there's so much on Twitter that, like, I'm like, wow, like, this needs to be on the news. And I know one news station posted that video, Jalen, and 
they blurred out the people with the guns faces yeah. but not the protesters faces and i'm like <laughs> for what and there's just like so many instances of like okay indian um obviously i'm guessing that's a uh, open carry state you know i don't know all the open carry states but i'm pretty sure i'm guessing that is because the police were there and they didn't do anything but i know that like california is not an open carry state and there was picture there was videos of like huntington beach and like you know northern california cities with white supremacists with guns and the police are there with the protesters um what that's illegal go check that like it's just like the, the energy is not held the same with the police and the what's it called and the white supremacists like wait it's not the same like the kkk is not even a terrorist group but now antifa is like okay i don't know about antifa i'm not with them i don't know what they stand for but like why is it like the kkk should have been a terrorist group in the when it first started and then you know and when it came back in the 1920s when it came back in 1960 i still don't understand why it's still not like a terrorist group under the fbi domestic terrorist group so like the energy is just not the same and then in seattle there was a video of the police chief telling the kkk go hide inside so you you know we don't want them to see we're playing favorites what is the best what what that is so disgusting that is so gross go hide inside so you guys are not subject to the curfew because we don't want you guys to see we don't want to play favorites like just say you hate black people and we would all respect i would respect you like just say you're a racist and then stop denying it just say it because what at this point i'm like i don't know if you guys saw that video yeah yeah i saw it i don't think it was you the saw it, Julia? i think it was they support the same values as the kkk it was like something brothers blood brothers yeah the blood brothers it's like a kkk yeah it's basically KKK. so apparently white supremacist groups were um considered in 2018 they de they deemed white supremacist groups were terrorist groups but saying white supremacist groups is so general and also it took you until 2018 to do it and here's my thing is even if they are considered a terrorist group no one is enforcing that mm -hmm. because there are active white supremacist groups and leaders and meetings and no one's doing anything but apparently in 2018 they were marked as terrorists okay. but the other thing is antifa it's not like an organization you know antifa is just a political stance it's being against fascism it's like um if you remember there's a lot of dissension in the feminist movement because of radical feminists saying things that the entire movement did not stand for and antifa is kind of like that where radicals were doing like dangerous illegal things and the entire rest of the organization was like, we're just against fascism. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're just saying, don't be a fascist. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. So it's weird that they're like, all anti-fascists are domestic terrorists. What does it say when you're, as a country, your stance is that anti-fascists are terrorists? For real, I, I saw the perfect meme on Twitter it was like, the biggest Antifa-led like movement in history and it was the d-day normandy d-day like the u.s so you guys literally fought fascism in world war ii i don't know why you guys are saying antifa's a terrorist whatever and 
next topic. Return to normalcy. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion on, because you probably see on social media, people are starting to post, starting to post like normal, like nothing has ever happened. And the people you saw posting stuff about Black Lives Matter a week ago aren't doing it now. So I wanted to get your guys' take on the people that are posting like nothing happened and like treating Black Lives Matter like a trend. I think that goes that goes to show how the Blackout Tuesday trend went. People ended up doing it just because everybody else was doing it and there was nothing else to do besides that for that one day. And it was a little controversial because people were saying that that it was overwhelming the hashtag or people who were doing it wrong were overwhelming the Black Lives Matter hashtag and it was limiting our ability to see, um, to be updated on the news and what's going on. Um, I just think people are doing it just because other people are doing it. I don't know. It is raising awareness in a way, but how many of those people are actually taking the effort to research and educate themselves? Because I bet you most of them are really just posting it, putting the hashtag and moving on about their day. And then will they care about it a week from now, two weeks from now? Who really knows? But the movement isn't slowing down. I mean, BLM of Rock has been doing protests every single day since George Floyd died, RIP, but it's really just, they're doing it because other people are doing it. And I don't know if their heart is really in the movement. Yeah, on Wednesday, um, I know that it was like the day after Blackout Tuesday, 26 million people posted a black square, 15 million people signed George Floyd's petition, the mass not adding up, where the other 11 million people. Um, so I do think like people were treating it as a trend and just personally, like, um, my Twitter feed is like, it'll die down and then like, it'll come back up, die down as people like see, like, you know, if I'm seeing it's dying down, then I start reaching my stuff. Um, and just, but I'm also on black Twitter, so I don't really know what like the other Twitters look like. Um, <laughs> so I don't really know what other people's Twitter look like, you know, my Twitter's just a lot of black stuff. So, um, but on Instagram, um, if, okay, well, I watch people who they didn't do nothing and now they're posting their selfies and stuff. I'm going on people's Twitters, looking at their likes, I'm looking at their retweets, I'm looking. Like, if you didn't do nothing, unfollow. I don't need that energy, like, unfollow. Like, so people who are treating it as a trend, I'm definitely just like, okay, kind of like cut the tie. Yeah, people who, like, I absolutely know from our high school said the N word were like posting a black screen and posting nothing else no information, no resources. And I was like, okay, it's performative. I get that. Like, you're just doing it because you want other people to think that you're like woke and that's whatever, you know? It's kind of like what we were saying with celebrities speaking up on social media, like just don't. If you're just doing it to show other people that you're gonna do it, then don't. I personally, I'm gonna keep posting resources on my social media. I'm going to keep posting information and new things. And I'm not going to feel comfortable posting like a regular Instagram feed post for a long time. Um, But that's just me, you know? I feel like it's slowing down on social media is a a dual-edged sword because 
I think it's going to weed out for us a lot of the people who were just being performative activists. And it's going to show who's actually in it for the fight and in it for change. Like, my sister was telling me, like, when we were all doing Blackout Tuesday, like, this girl from her school, like, she posted it. And then, like, an hour later, she posts a picture of her and her boyfriend. And she was like, that's not the whole point of this. Like, you're not understanding. Like, you're obviously just posting and just to post it. Like, at that point, don't even bother posting black about Blackout Tuesday. Like, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like eventually it's going to die down. Like, eventually there's going to be things, like, there's not going to be things to keep retweeting. You know, eventually even I'm going to go back. But I just feel like, if you weren't even doing anything before and now you're going back to normal like this fast okay now we know where you stand like it's not a political there's no politics like black lives matter is not a political thing it's black people literally we deserve to live like where is the democratic republic there is none political it's not about Mm -hmm. like you could be republican and support black lives like for what why you want our vote don't you So, last topic that we have are the positives to come out from this past two weeks. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a couple, a black couple, I want to say it was Philadelphia, where they got married and then immediately joined the protest in the march. And it, was, it wasn't planned like that. I don't, because I believe people on Twitter were saying, oh, they did it for clout. It was like, no. They, yeah, were they, had their, they had like their um, wedding date planned like way ahead, but I think yeah, like their their, their ceremony still in twenty twenty one, but they still wanted to get married. Mm. Like, I didn't see that. That's so cute. Yeah, and it was like they they were get, they were already getting married. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Melanie? I don't think they did it for clout. Like, why would you be like, oh, yeah, let's have our wedding day on a day of protest? Like, who thinks like that? Like, they had it planned out way before. Yeah, I don't think people realize, like, they were getting, like, this, what really happened was they were getting married. And then protesters saw that and then circled around them. So it wasn't like, they were like, hey, come protest at our wedding. We'll come march with you. It was like, they were already getting married. And then people that were marching were saw the, they were saw the ceremony going on. And then they were like, they started supporting them. And they were like, hey, we're going to go march after our wedding. And then uh, and then people on Twitter got the story misconstrued, saying, oh, they did it for clout. I was like, no. They actually, nobody plans. Nobody was like two years, three years, they were like, you know what? I think on this day, it's going to be a protest. So let's get married. I think like they were like <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, no, they got married at City Hall. And then it just so happened that a protest was happening in the city. So, I mean, it was a coincidence, I bet. I don't think they would do it for clout. This is the first time I saw that, but I'm happy I did. That was really cute. <laughs> and then, no, really good, too. Another thing that happened was in Utah, uh, a Marine post, he was, uh, he was he's a retired Marine and he protested in front of the Utah State Capitol with um, 
this is art that someone did after they saw the they saw what happened after it went viral and they were like he put black tape over his mouth and said i can't breathe had a sign for the um, victims like george floyd brianna taylor tamir rice and everybody else who was a victim of police brutality and it was it was over a hundred he stood there for over three hours in a, over 100 degree weather to the point where his shoes started to melt into the ground but he he never moved wow and then not only that he would also like he stood he there silent with the tape moved. still and he stood there where he took a knee and people were giving him water and like i just thought this is really powerful because as we know people in the military aren't allowed to voice their opinions on political views and i felt like he, i feel like he took that he didn't even care because i'm not sure if it's still like that once you're like out of the military because i believe he had an a head injury in Iraq. So he had um, honorable discharge. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if it still works like that. Like even if you're not technically still fighting in the military, if you can speak your political views, but I just thought this was like amazing. Yeah. It didn't like, even get yeah. that many likes on Twitter. Well? It didn't even get that many likes on Twitter. I, yeah, this is the first time I saw that too, but what what did you guys say melted into the ground? His shoe melted? Yeah, it was over, he stood it for over three hours in 100 degree wow. weather to the point where his shoes started melting into the ground. Like wow. in this picture, you can see the soles of his shoes like on the picture. Wow. Um, your thing, Jalen? Yeah, once you leave the military, now you can do, you can be a political activist or you can talk about politics, but um, a lot of people on Twitter didn't understand that. Like there was another video I don't know how viral it went, but I saw it and it was like a black, um, he was in the army because DC is not a technically a state. So they, so the military is there right now um, because like it's illegal for the military to police citizens unless it's like the Insurrection Act of 1875, which Trump's trying to, Trump's trying to pass. But um, the military is not allowed to police um, civilians unless the Insurrection Act is, is like put into effect. So, but DC is not a state. So it, that's why the military is there right now. Um, and there was basically, I don't know what branch of the military it is, but I think it was the army, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, he, there was basically a black guy and they were like saying, um, that song, I'm black and I'm proud, like say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And he was like mouthing it under his like thing and people were recording him like, look, he's saying it. And, um, people were on Twitter were like, you guys don't understand, like, the, like if you're in the military, you can't, it's like not to like, like the police can just quit. Like if you don't like what the police are doing, like there's a lot of stories about my cousin, the police, he quit and he protested today. Like police can just quit. Military people can't just quit. Like if you leave, you're gonna be dishonorably discharged and then you go to jail. Like it's a, a federal offense to leave the military. Like you have to stay the whole thing unless you have like an injury. So um, like, you know, Kelsey, like she's in the military but she still stands for Black Lives Matter. So I think a lot of people on Twitter were like getting it confused with like, why are they doing this? But like, they like they don't have a choice. They put, the military actually has to, like police don't have to, but the military actually has to. So I just wanted to say. I saw that video. It made me sad because he couldn't do anything. He just, he had to just stand there. Oh yeah, you saw that, Mom? Yeah, I saw it. 
I don't know if you guys saw it too, but he later, I believe it was either the same day or like a day after he quoted it and he was like, I'm all, he's like, I'm always going to say it because I'm a black man before I'm anything. And then I was just like, people, like, even like people are risking everything for this movement. And it yeah. still like baffles me that people are like, what can I do? Or like, I, I'm not going to make a change. And like, there's, then when there's people out here risking their like, their jobs basically of like what they should do. And I don't know if you guys also saw this of the, um, in New York City of the ambulance driver that got on, she was driving. It was two of them. It was a black woman and a black male. And she was on the loudspeaker supporting them. And wow. I, I don't see, I don't know if I can find the video, but it was, um, it was like powerful where there, she was like, I'm black, like nothing's ever gonna change that. I'm with it. And like, she was like pretty much joined the protest. Oh, I think I just found it. Where she joined the protest with, and like you could see the guy that was driving. Let's see, if, share the screen. Can you guys hear the audio? Okay. Hold on. Your computer sound. I forgot you have to do that. was like it wasn't and she's not the only one but it was like other healthcare workers are also like they're risking their jobs it's like i don't know if you guys saw it it was um i want to say it was new york city again where all the healthcare workers they took a knee for eight minutes and 46 seconds outside of their um hospitals and they did that and it's like i know strong hospital did something on Friday too. Yeah, white um, coats for white coats for Black Lives. Yeah. Yeah, the UB um, University of Buffalo Medical School did that too. I don't know if it's the medical school or the hospital affiliated with the medical school, but they posted something on like on the University of Buffalo's uh, Instas and stuff, Instagrams. And I just thought it was like great, like. It's not gonna stop. Momentum's gonna keep going no matter what. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and also I saw on Twitter um, the Marines finally banned Confederate flags flying in any of their bases, and also like the if you are a Marine, like you can't have a um, 
Confederate flag. Um, I'm confused why it wasn't banned before. It was literally okay. anti-America. Literally, uh, I don't know. I'm just confused why people fly it. Like, it's why you a patriot, but you fly it because it was against America. That's just my thing, but I feel like the military should have been banned it. But um, yeah, they finally banned it, the Marines, yeah. and they're taking down a lot of, uh, all of the Confederate statues in Richmond, Virginia, which has the most um, in the country. All of them are coming down. Um, I don't know about other places in the South, but I know a lot of places are taking down the Confederate statues, finally. And I know that even over in Britain, they're doing that. In where? Um, in Britain, it was, I forget, I don't know what, who the statue was of, but we're not going to say his name because no free clout. But he was like, <laughs> they tore it down and they threw it in like, they threw it the into river, the ocean. Right? Yeah, yeah, they threw it in like to the tripped. river. And I felt like it was like the most like ironic thing ever. It was pretty much like the Boston Tea Party all over again. They took what they hate, took what they hated and like threw it into a river to make a change. <laughs> I thought that was like pretty funny. I wanted to see a video of it and I couldn't find it. I think I can find it on Twitter. My favorite um, video. I just tweets. Um, I can't. I don't see the video. My favorite video is the British Black people uh, or British Black Lives Matter movement. They're like Black Lives Matter. <laughs> it's like too slow. Yes, I love that, that, that video. I, But like the Confederate flag should be considered illegal. Period. Like, even in Germany, like they don't put the swastika up anymore. Like it's illegal. Like, yes, like same thing. Like that shit's dumb. Oh, can I swear? <laughs> I think a lot of people forget. Like, the South was. They were like they're, what they're um, tr pretty much traitors to America. Yes, like and like they like they like flag. they like yeah like that's like they're traitors. They wanted to stop their own country and like, and a lot of people forget that like West Virginia exists because of that. Like Virginia was like yeah let's succeed and they're like that part was like nah fam and then like mm -hmm. they made their whole like different state. And like, I think a lot of people just don't know the history behind what that flag really is. But I don't blend it on them. I blend it like on the American school system. That's a whole different conversation. No, Jalen, they know. They know. They just pretend like they don't know. They know. They know that flag has raised, like, states' rights. No, they know that flag, what that stands for. Like, anyone who has a flag, they know. They just, they're, you know, a lot of ignorance is bliss. So they're like, oh, states' rights. Wait, like, what state? It? Ooh. It's well, not. It's people at Gates had the flag of the Washington shit. They got in trouble for it, though. The people at mm -hmm. Gates who, like, had the Confederate flags in their lockers. But they only, they said, because Brianna and Kanisha are the ones who, like, reported and got it down. They told the kid, like he, they only took it down for, they said for his safety. Oh my God, you're kidding. Yeah, they said it was for the kid's safety for, the, like, we don't, we, we think you should take this down for your safety. First of all, I don't feel safe. It's like, if someone has a Confederate flag, I'm walking around their car. I'm not interacting with them because I know what that mentality, like, I know what the ideology behind that flag is, like, and so... Yeah, if you have a Confederate flag, I know the type of person you are. You don't have to open your mouth. I get it. Real. Oh, and Melanie, I found a video of. Let's watch it. It was in it was in Bristol, where they took down. And they said that he tripped. 
the statue trick. <laughs> I just found like one of the greatest things. If like if that's not a positive to come out of this, I don't know what is. And another thing I want to ask you guys about: has there been has there been any music you guys have been listening to, like inspiration or education, like ever since this movement has started, and our like in our city basically? Um, I know. Um, honestly, Black Eyed Peas for some reason. Like, they made a comeback to me. I don't know why. Um, but I know, like, Spotify, like, they have, like, a whole playlist with Black artists on there. I think it's called, like, Black Lives Matter. I think Yeah, they I listen to it. Yeah. It has, like, new songs, old, like, Richard, um, I'm so sorry, guys. I, but they had um, the Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. That song, like, they have songs back in the day, and then they also have, like, Beyonce, J. Cole, Stuff like that. So it's like a whole, you know, it's like a whole spectrum. But all this, it's not just like black artists, it's like songs highlighting the black issues. At least the Black Lives Matter playlist is. But I only have Spotify. But I know like um, Apple Music, some people said that it blocked out all, everybody. I don't know who, who, if anyone here has Apple Music, but I guess they blocked everybody except black artists or black something. Yeah, it was on Blackout Tuesday where they- I heard SoundCloud did that too. My cousin told me. Like they scribbled out like all of the artists and the albums on, on Blackout Tuesday too. I know like Apple Music, they only had, um, besides if there was any music you added to your like, it was like in the browse or for you section, really they had, it was their only, they only had one radio station playing. And it was like for black featured artists and like songs highlighting black issues. And I remember when I clicked on it, it was like the first song that popped up was Fuck the Police by NWA. And I was like, oh, this is a great thing. Cause I, I know people are mad about this and that just makes that just makes me happy. But like for yeah, me- Yeah, I know Nickelodeon did stuff too. Oh yeah. Or Nickelodeon and Disney Channel both put like a eight minute, 46 second um, ad up. Like they stopped playing everything on all like the, you know, Nicktoon, Nick Jr., everything. And like Disney, I don't know what else Disney has, but they like, all of it went black and they just put like a, a video. Disney had like a cute little video of black kids and Nickelodeon had like a statement. I've been watching a lot of movies lately since quarantine started. And um, I've been lately, I've been watching specifically like black movies. And recently I watched like The Help. Um, and I've seen a lot of black movies. No, that's not a black movie, Julia. The Help. The oh. Help. The one about the help is just uh, help is like Green Book. I don't know if you guys watch Green Book, yeah. but it's like showing like white people are the savior. Like those are stories were like all written everything by like white people, and it's like showing like that white woman saved the little people. Like it's just like it's like it promotes the white savior narrative. Oh, I see what you mean. I so was it like black produced or directed or anything like that? Mm -hmm. It's not even that. It's like didn't, it doesn't represent. It's, that, it's like a. It's like a base. It's like a white person story. It's not the black people story. It's the white people story. Oh, well, yesterday I watched Zootopia, 
and it's basically just it it's like predators versus prey and it was a really accurate representation of what's going on like present day but for with animals and for a kid child audience and i thought like i don't know this is on the side mm-hmm. yeah it's utopia and also when they see us it's a series everyone i'm pretty sure everybody knows about it or but um it shows police brutality of the central core five and if you want a documentary ava duvernay's documentary on netflix 13. 13 watch it it's so amazing i watched it like three years ago but I'm about to rewatch it. Um, I watched it when it first came out, but I'm about to rewatch it. Like it's so good. It's like it just like just highlights everything wrong in the everything like all the injustices of the criminal justice system. And then also there's another Netflix show called Patron Act, hosted by Hassan Minaj. He is um, a Muslim American. He's also South a- South Asian, so he's Indian. And he has like the show is like it's like a political com- comedy. Um, it's kind of like the um, Trevor Noah show, but it's like more political, but there's still jokes in it. It's, I love that show. But they also have, uh, he has episodes, like there's different topics besides just um, Black Lives Matter stuff, but he has episodes of like policing and like how it's broken in black communities. And he just has like a lot that he talks about stuff that like not a lot of other people are talking about. So Patriot Act, I would watch When They See Us, um, 13 by Ava DuVernay. There's other stuff, but. And like, I know for me, I've been, I actually made a whole playlist of like any, any songs that reminded me of like what's going on now. It was like songs, it was like songs from like the Hamilton soundtrack about revolution or like, like those are like inspirational songs. And then I have songs like Run This Town with Jay-Z, Rihanna and Kanye about like standing up and fighting back. And there's like other songs on there I had like for education about like the black experience, like J. Cole's. I believe it was Immortal is the one that he went on. I forgot what talk show it was. This is the one where he was talking about, like, I think it's his most famous live performance he did on TV. I think it, it's, I think it like recently went viral on Twitter again, where he was talking about black issues in America, neighbors. He talked about how his neighbors thought he was um, selling drugs and even when he like, cause he's a black, he's like the only black one in this neighborhood. And like actually the music video for that is shows police brutality when police abusing their power, I would say, because he wasn't even home, but he had cameras set up around his house where they like, busted down his doors, had guns ready. And like the end of the video is the police disabling the cameras and stuff like that. But like also Lupe Fiasco, he has a lot of stuff about black education. He has a song like uh, um, Freedom Ain't Free, especially Round My Way stuff like that. And like for movies, like a Nayab said, I watched 13, uh, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. I went back and watched that one. Malcolm X, the biopic with Denzel Washington. Fruitville Station is a movie I recommend like to anyone. It's a good movie. Like, but that's like also a movie like I can't watch multiple times because the yeah. ending always gets to me. It's a Michael a, Porter, right? Yeah. Oscar Grant. It's about Oscar Grant. I don't don't know if it's still on Netflix. Because when I watched it, it was on Netflix. But I don't think it is anymore. I believe it's on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, really? And there's like the Trayvon Martin, Rest in Power, the Trayvon Martin story that's on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Um, I Am Not Your Negro, which is a documentary that came out on Amazon Prime. 
Um, I believe it came out in 2016, around the same time as when 13th came out. Yeah. And then, like, the final movie I always recommend to people is Get Out. Because e even though it's not directly about, like, directly about police brutality, stuff like that, it's like, it shows you the Black experience. Like, there's the scene where he's talking to his girlfriend's dad. He's like, oh, I would have voted for Obama a third time. It's like, like little, mi it shows little microaggressions like that. And I don't want to spoil the ending for anybody who hasn't seen it, but, like, the whole ending of the movie is, like, it's, like, it's a whole message I don't think people get. Mm -hmm. And, like, once you watch the movie a second time and you, like, see all the little subtle things that lead up to that, it's, like, it blew my mind. I think they were, um... There was an alternative ending to when, like, yeah. when like, well, his friend is supposed to come and then it's not. I was like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. During the scene you're talking about, well, when I went to, I saw it when it like first came out in theaters, and it was like a lot, just like the whole like, movie. It was at tens of time, but like a lot of the whole movie theaters was just like a bunch of black people. And when they had, like, when the senior talking about having Jalen, the whole theater was like, no, nah, like, groan. Right, they're like, like you know what's going to happen now. Yeah. Right. I don't like, think I've been listening to, like, vastly different music. I think I've basically been listening. I listen to, I've been listening to a lot of, like, Denzel Curry and JPEG Mafia. And I think Denzel just recently dropped Pig Feet, which was really good. Um... But I mean, I'm not like you're. You're the movie person. I'm not the movie person. I guess. Do you have any movies to recommend? Last Black Man in San Francisco. Last Black Man in San Francisco. You've been telling me about that. Mm -hmm. Moonlight. Um, um, Spike Lee has a new movie coming out on Netflix called The Five Bloods. So check it out. Yeah. What's it called? The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods. I think it comes out the 12th on Netflix. Oh shoot. You gonna say something, Jalen, about the movie? Oh, it was just like Get Out. I remember because I wasn't able to see it in theaters. I saw it. I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray because it was like one of those movies I was like I was just too busy to go see at time. And like that's like one of the few movies I regret not being able to see in theaters because the audience reaction about what happened. Because I remember I was like by myself in my living room watching it, and I was like, Yo, what? And I was just like. I'm not even joking. Like there is a time where like I didn't talk to white girls like for two weeks after that movie. Cause, like it, like like that movie <laughs> paranoid me, and I was like yo, I was like yo, what are they gonna do to me if I talk to them? And I was like, what are they gonna do? Talking to Marcus about it, he was like, cause I think Marcus said the same thing. He was like yo, I was like I don't like for like after that movie, I was like I don't know about well, I don't know if I can look at them the same. <laughs> and I was like, like Jordan Peele appeared like the things comes up with this. Just kiss. Just kiss. <laughs> no, yes, Jalen. So when I watched it, there was a couple, mm -hmm. uh, like an interracial couple, black, a black guy and a white girl, like, and they were <laughs> leaving at the same time of us, and everybody was like, yo, watch out, watch, what's your number? <laughs> it was so bad, but it's like, it's just, you know, it's like the, it was like meme culture before meme culture was a thing. Like, it was just so funny. I was just like, hey, what's your, what's your number? Like, send us your contact info. I think I like Us more than Get Out, though. I, I didn't really know. like Us. You didn't like it? No, I like. I remember seeing it in theaters. Like, it's a good movie, but like, is it better than Get Out? I don't think so. Cause like, Us wasn't really about 
like us had a different message than get out but i feel yeah. like the message in get out was way more powerful than it was in us and i so sorry both of you oh thanks i think the thing about us was like because the cast is majority black and it's a jordan peele movie people would go to it expecting it to be about black issues but in reality it's just a thriller with black people as the cast i think maybe that could have been the message i think that because get out like the message was more like out there like you didn't really have to think about it like you did but like it was more like open-ended like you can just be like oh yeah it's like about this and that but like us i think it's you really had to think about like what jordan was trying to say it was like like everything in the movie was symbolic like even to like where the rabbit's ears symbolized the scissors that they used because he had a pair of bunnies or rabbits whatever they call yeah what mel's that that's what i was gonna say what mel's saying like yeah, I think Get Out, well, they're all, all, they're both also different messages, like the American dream versus just black, you know, black issues. But, um, so I think that what, like, the Get Out message, like, anybody gets it. Like, when I left the theater, I'm like, that. like, you get the Get Out message, like, you just get it. Like, even if you don't get the little small things, like, when he was picking the chair, it was, like, picking cotton, stuff like that. So, like, there's, like, little, obviously little small things that, you know, you're not going to get unless you, like, watch YouTube videos or something, but... I think they get our messages like a lot more just gent like laying it out there and I feel like us like I, when I first watched it I was like Jalen I was like man like it was good but I was like I don't know about this but then when I like started to like research it and like look into it I was like whoa like this is like like mind you know mind-blowing so I just think that like I just think that it was us was not the same it was like I feel like they're not comparable to like the which is better just like, like it's like two different two yeah different, like, they're still very genres, different. basically like two different messages yeah, but they're both really good. I just believe that they're both really good. Yeah, Jordan Peele is like two for old right now, and he would have been three for old, but Candyman got delayed, which I'm yeah. mad about. So oh. mad that Candyman got delayed. He directed it. No, he's he's producing it, but okay. there's it's a black. I think there's a black woman directing it, which is like one of like the first black women like to direct a um horror movie. Candyman, 2020. I know the original one's on Netflix right now. Yeah, the original is still one of my... Oh, the director is uh, Nia Da Costa. That's who... I believe she's... um. What other movies has she done? Oh, her. I think her. this is like her first breakout movie, actually. Because her first... like, Her first was like a little film, Little Woods, in 2018. With uh, Tessa Thompson and like Lily James and stuff like that. But I think this is like her main... like. And I feel like that's what Jordan Peele wanted to do, like, put it, like, he knew that people are going to see if his name was attached to it, mm-hmm. but he knows, like, the end goal is, like, it's going to give her recognition, like, and boost her career. So I feel like that's what he did with this. Also, Black Panther, um, I know a lot of people have probably seen it, but even though it's not a Black, mm-hmm. like, it's a Black cast, mm-hmm. Black director stuff, and it's not, like, a Black-owned movie and stuff, like, Jordan Peele movies are, but the message is still there. I remember when Black Panther, I feel like Black Panther is one of those movies that like you have, like not like you, like you have to see it, but you also have to be there for the experience. Cause like a lot of people don't for, like, don't remember that Black Panther was trending on Twitter. Like the hashtag Black Panther is so lit was trending like two years before the movie even came out. And like, then and, like every week leading up to the movie, it was like people showing up in dashikis and like dancing in the movie mm-hmm. lobbies. 
and it wasn't more like the messaging movie it was more of like the representation of black people in hollywood yeah of like they're not like finally a movie where we're not portrayed as like thugs or like drug dealers it was like black people in positions of power and i think that's the main reason people went out and supported it because like if, if they see that we want more like this they'll produce more like that and give us more representation so it's like ryan coogler jordan peele like all those um Ava, um, what's her? I don't want to pronounce her last name. Anybody want to pronounce Ava it? Duvernay. Yeah, her. <laughs> <laughs> like people like that are like, we need to uplift them more in our in the community. Right. Like a bunch of people on Instagram, like I see, like they're posting about, um, like other businesses that you can like buy from instead of buying from these big corporations or like. Um, support these influencers like broaden your horizons like di- diversify like your following mm-hmm. so, i didn't realize i'm like wow like, i the majority of the people that i felt like they're asian i was like let me diversify myself for a minute well not for mm-hmm. a minute but like you know yeah it's just because um well you follow like you're obviously related like i'm in elementary school i didn't realize this either but i was like all my friends were mostly black like i marcus mcfadden troy pesky like all my friends i don't know why i'm trying to be loud but <laughs> but like all my friends were mainly black and then as middle school and on this stuff like i was in accelerated and stuff so like you know obviously there was i was the only black person in a lot of my classes but i just think like it's just like like you are attracted, you're just attracted to people who are similar to you. Right. So like I don't blame you for like following only X Y Z, but I think black people we have just so like we don't have a lot to look up to. There's not a lot of people to look up to. There's not a lot of like who is a black YouTuber? You know any YouTubers like name? Who is the black YouTuber? Like there's no big black like the YouTubers. Like it's, there's a lot of like athletes and you know now there's a lot more actors and actresses. But like ten years ago, who it was Smith. Like it was just, we just have not a lot of people as, as much people to look up to. And this goes with Asians to even Native Americans. Like you guys don't, there's no, there are no, like there's not a lot of Asian actors. There's not a lot of, you know what I'm saying? So I just think like we have less people to look up to and we've been around white people so much. And you know, all, we could code switch. Like we, you know, we know how to just like live amongst white people. So yeah. I think we have, like we're, we're, we have to, like we don't mind, not that we don't mind, but like it's easier for us to, consume white just white people white culture but i don't know there's not a lot of white people who like if a lot is not a lot of white people who watch black youtubers or do you know like watch black xyz and they just they're not they don't feel the same comfort that's what i feel so there's a lot of youtubers who are like i don't know a lot i only saw two but they were like here's some black youtuber who do the same content as me go watch them and i know there's like people um well if you're watching this and you're from rochester I know Mitch Canfield, I'm shouting him out again, I shouted him out in my speech, but he posted a, a thing of like black businesses to, to support. But if you go to like blacklivesmatter.com, I'm pretty sure you can look up your city and they have black businesses to support. Um, I Don't quote me on that, but I think I saw that on Twitter. But you can just look up black businesses in New York City, black businesses in Philadelphia, like, like go support a black business, go buy from a black somebody black, like just support black people if you really are for the moment. And last thing on the notes are the memes that have come out the situation. And there are three, but this one I find to be hilarious. That Virgil, the CEO of Off-White, 
decided to donate $50 to the bail fund uh, for Black Lives Matter. He And then he decided to post a screenshot of his donation to on Instagram. And I feel like, I know he didn't mean anything at harm, but it was like, you could have just kept this to yourself. If you were only going to donate $50 and you're on Off-White where your socks cost more than your donation, you should have just kept this to yourself. Okay, so look, we were talking about this, and I was like, no, I feel like he didn't, I was like, he has to have done more. Like, $50, that's it. So then, like, I was committed to prove his innocence. So I was, like, looking into it, and then he said that he was just, like, following, like, an Instagram chain or something. That's like he tagged like those people saying that he's like following the same energy or whatnot. So I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, but then again, like he's not posting about the other donations that he's done, but he said he did. I'm not sure the exact amount. I think it was like 20,000 or something like that. I don't know. You can fact check me on that, but yeah. But like he claimed that he's been doing other things. Like I think he posted about it on his Instagram, but then again, like, we don't know what everybody's doing behind closed doors. Like, same thing with, like, Drake or The Weeknd. Like, they, I think The Weeknd donated half a million dollars. Yeah. Drake did, like, 200 or something, 400. I don't know. Yeah, for, for uh, no, 100,000? I don't remember. But I think, but Mel, what you're saying, yeah, Virgil did say it was because, like, it was, like, people tagged him and it was, like, like in his hometown and were like match that energy. So he like did it to like, they were donating 50, everyone was donating $50. Yeah. I did see he was trying to like defend himself with that. My thing is, I don't think like if you're a celebrity, you have to post everything. You like, you right. know, there's a lot of celebrities, like Beyonce and Jay-Z, like they, they do a lot behind the scenes that like not a lot of people know about. Even like Kanye, I, I know you guys want to talk about that, but like he did a lot, but I, and he didn't like advertise it. My thing is like you don't. I don't think you have to advertise it, but Virgil, like if you get called out, then yeah. sh- show people. It just looked really bad. Yeah, it looked bad. Like just show people. If you were saying I do all this behind the scenes, okay, show us so we can stop, yeah. we'll stop clowning you. Because like he posted that, okay, then at that point you have to show us all your receipts. Yeah, because like now we don't believe yeah. you. Now we only believe the fifty. Yeah. I hope it's telling the truth. I would still want to stand him, but we stand Ben Jerry's. That's it. I don't know if you guys saw that people are now saying instead of keeping it 100, they're saying keep it two Virgils with me. What I find that's hilarious. That's gonna stick for a while, and I feel like this all could have been avoided if you just. It really could have. This all could have just been avoided. Because now when people see your name, that's the first thing they're gonna think of. It's like you only donated fifty dollars. And your brand is you charge how much for your brand and i think that's the main thing people are going to take away from this no matter like even if this like moves on do you guys think celebrities should post how much they donate only no i don't no. believe they should actually, if you're like yeah. asking for a match yeah like if somebody says like i know like on twitter there was like a trend like oh match and they posted like their donation and like it was like a um twitter train like, only like that you should post, but like, at the end of the day, people don't need to know what you do on your daily basis in your life. Exactly. Kanye, though? I don't know how I feel about him. 
Oh, I, I think he did exactly what we wanted. Okay, well, I have a section about Kanye coming up later. I know he likes Trump, so I don't know. And on Twitter, people started protesting in GTA, where they and decided they decided to wear all black and then <laughs> do this to the police officers. And it was like they're doing this and. I can't tell people are doing it for the jokes, but I feel like, because this isn't the only time protests have been on in video games. I know in NBA 2K, people have been protesting by not playing, and, like, they've just been standing there with, like, with um, shirts that said, I can't breathe in Black Lives Matter. It's like, even in video games, people are starting to come together, and, like, they're tired of virtual police. And virtual police. <laughs> no, GTA police don't play. There was um my one of my favorite trends is like is or this you and it's like like they'll put it's like a person who posts a statement about like Black Lives Matter and then it's like this you and they post something from like a controversial past. So I saw Rockstar like the I don't know if they like own GTA or like but like that's like the company or whatever. They posted a statement and then somebody posted a video this you and it was like a police beating up a guy in the video. <laughs> and like those videos are so funny to me. This you. I know there was one, though, it's Justin Bieber. Every time he posts something about it, they always cli- they always say the this you, the video of him saying the N-word when yeah. he was, like, 14. And, like, I was, like, just, I was, like, I was, like, at that point, I was, like, just stop tweeting, because no matter what you say, they're going to end up clipping you with that, mm-hmm. with that clip. He said, one less lonely N-word. <laughs> now, back on Kanye. I titled this, has Kanye been on our side this entire time? Because the recent things have come out where it's like, was he playing at the long game the whole time? He played us all and took the L in public for us. And it shows like Kanye has donated $2 million so far, set up 529 college saving funds um, to cover for uh, Floyd's, uh, George Floyd's daughter, Gianna, her, for her tuition. And then made separate donation um, banks for other families affected. And then he's been donating to several black business, um, black-owned businesses in Chicago and others that have been affected. And then it says that Kanye got rid of all his MAGA hats and he was wearing them just to get innocent people out of jail. So basically, saying he wore them to get up in power and just to, and like use his influence for good. And it was like, he said he's never going to wear them again. And he said, and he said he didn't get, um, he didn't start getting a woman out of jail until he put a hat on with a, in that meeting. And then it was this where people thought he donated to Trump's campaign. And then like all his donations since the um, election of that year have been to like DNC, Democrats and progressives. So like now people are saying like, has Kanye like been undercover on the Republican side this entire time, <laughs> helping out the black community? I was like, what do you guys think about this? I don't know. Because like, I'm kind of indifferent about Kanye. Cause I don't know, like I just feel like he's the narcissist at times. So like, I don't know, I'm kind of indifferent about him. Y'all remember when he was giving that big speech about how he was gonna run for president? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how much he hated Donald Trump. So I always thought it was really weird that, like, he gave that big speech talking about how, like, 
all of the young people hate Donald Trump and we have to listen to the young people because they're the future. And then he like turned around and was wearing MAGA hats and stuff. I always thought that was like really strange. So I guess I, I would be surprised at the forethought but I guess I wouldn't be surprised about his intention, you know? Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. thought this was like a modern, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, also another movie, Black Klansman. Oh, yeah, I Spike like Lee. No, I didn't see that yet, I wanted to watch it though. About how a black uh, black cop infiltrated the uh, KKK with a, with, um, with a white man's face. It has Adam Driver and it's really good. I just thought this is like a modern day Black Klansman of Kanye going undercover and trying to, you know, trying to use his influence for good. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that was funny. I didn't know until, well, Julia told me first, but I didn't know about, like, how he came out and said how he's, like, did it to, like, help or whatever, whatever. Like, he did it to go undercover. I didn't know that, like, people were saying that. Um, I just, I, when I first saw it, I was like, this is exactly what we wanted. Like, don't make a statement, Kanye, because, like, I, he it's not just like his MAGA stuff like he's also said like, other controversial stuff like slavery was a choice and stuff and I know people are like look at the context of the video if you said slavery was a choice period like you shouldn't have said that but um so he's like said contra- other controversial stuff um that I don't know but I don't really I don't know him personally I know his intent so like he could go undercover personally um I think like I think good on him for like he did a lot. Like he was donating to black businesses who, in Chicago who got like looted and stuff. I know what I'm saying. Um, and George um, Floyd's daughters went to college for free. Like already covered. Like so, you know, I'm so happy for her. He paid for the legal expenses for Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey. Like I'm so happy for them. Two million dollars to all the families. Like he's doing a lot, but I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's like. I don't know. I don't really know how to. I feel like Mel. I don't know how to feel about going undercover like I don't know if he did harm or help because I don't know I feel like what he didn't really help I the thing about like he got the girls out of jail I thought that was Kim I, it could be we don't know everything behind the scenes but I thought Kim was the one who's like got Alicia Johnson and like all those other people out of jail so I don't know I don't know how to feel about it because like I feel like Kanye he's all ever since he got got into rap and like college dropout like he's always talked about black issues and like on songs like All Falls Down and like the song he had with Jay Z on College Dropout. Like he's always talked about it and he's like he's always been like a main forefront in black issues. So like I'm like Nev said, I like I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to use his influence for good. Was like, did he really think about it beforehand? Right. Or was it like like he was like, did he realize that later on he was like, oh I could do something with this. And then the final thing I have in my notes is Lego pulls all uh, advertising on police kits, on police Lego <laughs> sets, after donating four mil- after donating four million dollars to Black Lives Matter. Period. And Thank people you, thought they were like they stopped selling. It was like no, they like they took they paused anything with like police or like rescue workers, and then also. They don't with the donated donated the four million to organizations. Everybody go buy Legos. I know. I was like, my brother's only gonna be playing with Legos from now on. <laughs> and it's like it's one of those things like you didn't expect Lego to say something because they didn't they didn't really have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like with this it's like with this and like Nickelodeon's like these companies are saying stuff and they don't really have to. 
Yeah, because it's, like, it's a toy company. You wouldn't be like, oh, I hope Lego says something. Even like Ben and Jerry's, like no one was like looking yeah. for Ben and Jerry to say something. You know, I'm still waiting for Ben and Jerry's to hit me up for the collab. Let's, <laughs> let's get let's get peachful protest as a flavor. <gasps> Ooh, what that taste like? Peach. I wouldn't be surprised. Peach. Oh, that's it. Trademark that. <laughs> wait, wait. What did she say? What did they say? Peachful protest. <laughs> like I tweeted out yesterday, I was like, "Yo, Ben and Jerry's, let's like, let's get some flavors like defunds the police and peaceful protest. Like, let's get this. Like, let's get the donate all the proceeds to organizations. Ooh, let's get, defunds let's get the police. Oh, that'd be so one. But yeah, that's the last thing I have in my notes. So if you guys want to, anything else you want to say, closing remarks. Um, I also just want to say last thing that, um, people who are like, oh white privilege or whatever whatever it's not real but like just look at how the police treated different people even like the protests like the police had was heavy police presence at the black lives matter protest but not at the hilton one run by the hilton white girls like and then there was another video of that guy who ran his truck into protesters killed a black man and then did they gave dylan burger king they gave this man a smoke the, he was literally not okay. First of all, if you kill somebody with your car, if you run purposely run your car, that's intent. So that's first degree murder. That's to life. Then he killed a black man, and then instead of arresting him, the police guarded him while he was taking a smoke break. Yeah, but what's his? Eric Garner was killed for selling cigarettes. Like it's just like you just like check your just watch your privilege, check your privilege because it's real, and that's all I'm saying. Period. Anyone else? Yeah, white privilege is 100% a thing. And one of the biggest parts of like educating myself more aggressively these past few weeks has been desperately trying to learn the best and most effective ways so that I can use the privilege I have to benefit the movement and to benefit the black people around me um and i just i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna start learning how to use that better you know forming barriers of protests between police and black activists uh advocating for black people in my workspace there, there are so many things and it's things that we would never think of as white people because these aren't issues that we encounter among our race, but we need to listen to the Black and Indigenous and people of color around us and listen to the struggles that they've encountered in order to learn how to not repeat those cycles, I think. <laughs> Thanks, Nebe. Yeah, well, thank you, Nev, for coming on this episode, yes, sharing your experiences. You. Thank you for having me. And that, thank you guys for watching. And always remember, we are the future. We will be the change. <laughs>